0: The Audacity of Hope by Barack Obama One-sentence summary. The Audacity of Hope explains Barack Obama's personal, political and spiritual beliefs on which he based his 2008 presidential election campaign, which made him the first African-American president of the United States of America. My favorite quote from the author is I wish the country had fewer lawyers and more engineers. Barack Obama, Lawyer and US President. Have you ever seen the speech that made Barack Obama president? No? First off, it wasn't any of the speeches he delivered during his campaign. Not the presidential debate or the inaugural address. The speech that really made him president was given long before he ever announced to run. In 2004, Obama spoke at the Democratic National Convention in Boston. During John Kerry's presidential campaign, his keynote address, entitled The Audacity of Hope, was by far the best speech of the convention. The then-senator was suddenly famous. This speech put him on the map as a serious presidential candidate. The phrase Audacity of Hope is one Obama picked up from his former pastor, who gave a sermon about a George Frederick Watts painting called Hope in 1990. The book expanded on his ideas from the speech and laid out much of the topics of what would become his presidential campaign in 2008. Here are three lessons to show you what kind of American politics Barack Obama believes in. 1. All Americans are united by two central beliefs, freedom and community. 2. Politicians become a lot like their sponsors, which makes it hard for them to do their job. Three. Today's international battles are battles of ideas, which can't be won with weapons. Ready for a glimpse into the mind of the skinny kid with a funny name, who's come a long, long way? Let's go. The Audacity of Hope, Lesson 1. Freedom and community are the two central beliefs of the American people. This answers the question, what are the two central elements of American culture and... Why does every politician need to address them? The groundwork for Obama's political work is based on a solid understanding of what the core beliefs of all Americans are. In the book, he describes how the Founding Fathers set the tone with the two documents which describe the American ideal, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. The two major beliefs that both of these documents center around and that all Americans today hold are 1. A belief in freedom that every man and woman should have the same rights and opportunities, and two, a belief in community, that working together, be that in family, at work, in church or as a country, is the way to ensure this freedom and keep the democracy alive. The freedom would be the aspiration, that regardless of race, gender, class, age or religion, you could become anything and anyone in an America that affords everyone the same liberty, rights and chances. However, the founding fathers knew that ensuring this freedom by sustaining a democracy wasn't easy. No other country had done it before, and lasted. That's why the focus on communal values, where family, religion and patriotism are honored, whereas about absolute power is rejected and dispersed, no single pope, king or general should ever single-handedly decide the fate of the American people. The Audacity of Hope Lesson 2 politicians are forced to hang around rich people all the time, which makes it hard for them to do their job. This answers the question, why do we think politicians are so morally corrupt most of the time? It's any politician's job to ensure this freedom. But doing that job can be really hard, Obama says, because politicians are constantly influenced by a lot of outside forces. Three in particular being money, the media, and large special interest groups and organizations. For example, since a presidential campaign alone costs millions of dollars, although the budget hardly affects the votes, politicians have no choice but to either be rich themselves already, or getting plenty of sponsors and donors. But hanging around with the top 1%, other rich politicians, and flying around in private jets makes it very hard to stay connected to the majority of the ordinary citizens they represent. It's the same with labor unions, lobbies, religious institutions and big political committees. A lot of special interest groups want to influence politicians to make sure their own interests are served well. Lastly, the media control how politicians are perceived publicly. And because neither honesty nor civil behavior makes clicks and headlines, what politicians say gets distorted a lot. Obama proposed public campaign funding and free media airtime for presidential candidates as a solution to these problems. If politicians can't work in an unbiased way, there's no way they'll really represent the true values the country aspires to. On a side note, politicians aren't innocent, of course, but while I'm the last one to unreflectingly endorse any politician, I think we have to cut them some slack, too. The Audacity of Hope Lesson 3 The battles we fight on a global scale today are battles of ideas and therefore can't be won with weapons. This answers the question, what is Obama's peace policy? The reason the influences politicians face are so problematic is that we now need them to be unbiased and freely speak their mind more than ever before. Obama says the US missed a real chance when they didn't change their foreign policy from the ground up after 9-11. Instead of accepting that not states but ideologies are what threaten countries today, the country dug out its Cold War policy, only focusing on smaller enemies instead of the Soviet Union. Going to war in Iraq cost billions of dollars and worsened America's reputation. Not exactly two accomplishments worth celebrating. Barack Obama suggested, threats now mostly arise from extreme ideologies. So we're not battling against other states, we're battling ideas. A battle of ideas clearly can't be won with weapons. Only a social awakening in the places where these ideologies thrive can reform them. Therefore, America must work on its own democracy, upholding the ideal of freedom to inspire others to voluntarily follow on their own. This is not only the only sustainable work to resolve international conflict, it also saves a lot of money and creates much less anti-American sentiment. Here's what I learned from The Audacity of Hope by Barack Obama. I mostly want to convey one thing to you with this summary about politics. I try to remain as apolitical, so not political, as much as I can in my writing, in my work, in my public stance. Mostly because I believe arguing about politics is futile. It's very, it's almost next to impossible to... I mean, how many people have you seen change from conservative to democrat or the other way around? I mean, it just, it almost doesn't happen because you battle against encarved ideas in people's brains. It's like calling them out on their religion, uh, their family, um, their sexual orientation. It's like, it's hardwired almost. And it's very, very hard To convince people, I mean, just look at social media and all the and all the tweets and 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 hateful comments people make in terms of politics. And this, it's just, it's horrible. I think. So, I try to educate people on ways or in ways that I think will make them the kind of people that would vote for a certain party, right, rather than another. So I'm um, I would say a liberal democrat. First of all, I'm not American, I'm German. So w- we have a different system. Uh, politics is not as tied to money as in the States, but it's still a lot. Uh, in Germany, it's more like you have to be in politics and work in politics for a long time to get somewhere. But when you get somewhere and if you do, uh, money starts pouring in and politicians do a shitty job and we have the same a lot of the same problems the United States politicians face too, especially this from the second mess and these influences from all these groups and all the pressure they're facing so that makes it very hard um, But what I want to encourage you to do when politics when looking at, at politics and voting and who you endorse as a politician, don't ask what can this person do for me. Don't ask what kind of imple- what kind of changes does this party try to make. Don't ask is their stance on war the right one or do they support my ideals or views or beliefs. Just ask one question, one question when it comes to electing a leader or or voting for a party that's going to elect a certain leader. Just ask one thing. Is this person that they're going to elect a good person that's the only question i think you should ask like is this a good person because when i look at a president like barack obama that we had and i look at a president like donald trump it's very easy to see for i think almost anyone that when you say is this a good person and good enticing all you know integrity morality uh, calmness the willingness to compromise diplomacy you know all these kinds of traits we aspire with, we as- we associate with a good person. It's very easy for me to see that Barack Obama is a better person than Donald Trump. Uh, now, what you mean when you say good and better? I know that's usually a bad sort of um, way to just to look at people, but I think in the context of politics and who you're voting for, I think it's brilliant because it it automatically conjures all these these concepts like integrity like morality and so on that we need politicians to have and you see someone like donald trump who argues on twitter like he's a four-year-old child with people who's who's obviously has has anger management problems uh, psychological problems who um, doesn't know the facts often misstates the facts misstates the facts on purpose and then you have someone like uh, barack obama who can speak who takes care of his family who always um who can take a joke who is always nice and kind to people even when he's tired you know those things like what does make a, what does what makes a person a good person and especially celebrities what makes a celebrity a good celebrity and look at those things and then I for me, it's like clear. Oh my god, like Barack Obama is like miles better as a um, to, to serve as a US president than someone like Donald Trump. But that question, like, it really helps me filter and it helps me filter regardless of, of which party someone belongs to. And I think that's the real litmus test. I think that's really important that you don't get blindsided by whether someone comes from your party or another party but whether they're actually a good person. Because I can point to other good people in parties I wouldn't vote for. So I would be comfortable with having anyone run the country who's a good person as opposed to who's not a good person, who I know is going to get bribed and take money and try embezzlement and, you know, or has the capacity to do these things at least. So, very simple filter for politics. I don't want to spend too long on it. Uh, Think about, is this person a good person? And... um, I hope that helps you make up your mind in voting and helping keep democracy alive wherever you are or instated if you haven't gotten to democracy or maybe a better system. Who knows what's going to happen, right? I will see you on the next summary.